Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Baton of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today, believe it or not, is the 10th episode of our... Nope, because there were two parters. Uh, (laughs) So believe it or not, today is the 12th episode of our family series. That's right. We are back, folks. We are back to family, which was our second series. So it feels really beautiful to be returning to this with strange new worlds as our focus because we have not covered it yet for the family series we wanted to wait till the season was over and we are also entering our catch-up era so (laughs) yes yeah we talked about this with daria last week this is kind of our special episodes slash catch-up series before we move on to engineering so we have a couple maybe not a couple months but we have a little bit down the line a couple episodes of just catching up and so it's going to be a lot of new trek ahead but i'm really really excited for it also, I'm really, really excited to be here with you, Rihanna, because I loved having Daria on. I love every time we have guests, but there's something so special about you and I coming back together to record after a long hiatus. I feel like it's been three weeks or, or almost four since we recorded an episode together. Yeah, especially doing main feed stuff again is really nice, and I'm so excited that we're getting to return to our second ever series. Um, it's kind of crazy to be putting myself back in this mindset and thinking about all of the other family discussions we already had. It was really fun to reminisce for a bit while I was watching these Strange New Worlds episodes. But also want to clarify, obviously we know Prodigy comes before Strange New Worlds, but uh, (laughs) we have to get our little sister schedule, which is kind of difficult, saying as she's very popular and she goes and visits family every weekend and is doing a lot as do kids her age. I'm going to say her schedule is busier than probably Rihanna and mine put together honestly yeah Yeah. she's always like have to check my calendar have to talk to mom and I'm like I got you yeah Yeah. I'm like okay yeah got a whole life out there (laughs) (laughs) literally and she's school all day you know that thing you know takes up like most of your (laughs) time yeah so thank you for just hanging in with us just like always we're doing sort of random stuff but I love it I love the way that our minds work and I hope that you understand (laughs) why we're doing all this yes Rihanna I really think about the family series all the time when people ask me what was my favorite series to do. This one's always at the top of my head because we got so in-depth. I think it was a great choice of us to do family for our second series because it really laid the groundwork for all of these characters. Because once you really get to know someone and know the background they came from, you have so much more empathy and sympathy for them as characters. You understand what they've gone through and this informs how they act. And so it's very exciting to be talking about Strange New Worlds through this lens. Not that there's a lot of families to cover, but the characters we do get, I already feel close to them just by doing this rewatch. Yeah, Ash, that's so true. And, you know, I was thinking earlier today, you sent me this post from Star Trek, uh, Star Trek's <laughs> like official page of um, being like, who are your favorite siblings? And it had a picture of Worf and Martok. And I was like, those are not siblings, or Ashlyn goes, those are not siblings. They they dead ass left out both of his brothers. 
and Nikolai and Kern. And I'm like, thank God we did the family series. Like, we got this knowledge and we know. And it seems like Star Trek has not listened to our family series. So I think they got to get on it. It just, um, it, I was just shocked that the official page did that. Yeah. It proves to me more than ever that the Star Trek, like, company does not understand Star Trek at all. <laughs> no. And, like, them and Paramount, it's been such a disaster recently. Yeah. With the disconnect between the higher ups and the fan base and even the writers. It's insane. Um, yeah, they, this um, is not the first mistake or like just random thing that Star Trek has posted on their official page. No. It's, it's a disaster. It's a long list of hilarity. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought it was cool because they did post Quark and Rom, um, yeah. Michael and Spock. Oh, hey, and the um, spoilers for Picard season three, the LaForge sisters. Oh, yes. Were all, and then of course, Worf and, Mort- and Martok. So very strange. No yeah, yeah, there was like so many more siblings they could post. But, you know, speaking of the fan base and us talking about, uh, we hope you understand our minds. (laughs) But, you know, something that's been making me really happy is that we have a lot of wonderful, wonderful listeners. And I think you do understand our minds to some extent because we get so many amazing messages and comments on our posts and about our podcast. And I wanted to give a quick shout out to Dave from Brooklyn. Dave says, don't sleep on the Dura Sisters podcast. It's one of the very tr- best hashtag Star Trek podcasts out there. And we were like, wow, this is so sweet. Thank you for your support. And he goes on to say, uh, I've only just started. So I'm still up to the early episodes. Just got to the first part of family and I'm completely blown away by the death of insight and analysis. Y'all are funny AF. I'm really enjoying this ride. The notion of focusing on broad themes like family, love or time travel, simply brilliant like wow the, i mean i you, up there is dave one of my favorite yeah. messages we've ever received so thank you so Agreed. much dave it really sticks with us, with us when you say things like that because i think honestly ashlyn and i just talk to each other and like see what happens you know and, <laughs> <laughs> and then you somehow get a polished version of that um and sometimes on our patreon you get our unpolished, unpolished. versions <laughs> Which might be more unhinged and fun to check out, but yeah, it's just, I don't know, I'm just like always so honored to get comments like that, especially the timing is impeccable since we are now back to our family series, so welcome back to the fu- in the future when you hear this episode. Yeah, Dave, you'll be listening to this in about three years, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah. long, you've got a long way to go getting from there mm-hmm. to here. But speaking of the patron and all the people who have heard us being really unhinged, mm-hmm. I want to, first of all, welcome Megan Chowning to our Patreon. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for just signing up on the Sons of Moog tier. Uh, Megan now has access to our Lower Decks episodes and um, will be receiving a sticker in the mail and has our like promo codes. So if you are interested in becoming a patron, please head over to patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. We have four tiers of exclusive products and reviews that you will have access for special podcasts, things like that. Rihanna and I were even talking about starting to do book reviews on the Patreon coming up. So wow, yeah, I'm really excited about that. We are still finishing up Lower Decks. I'm sorry to say still, um, but (laughs) like we have have busy lives, (laughs) but don't, (laughs) but don't worry. Um, So for those of you who are patrons, thank you so much. That includes the wonderful Megan Chowning, who just signed up, as well as MC Freudis, Spotted Giraffe, Isabel, David Willett, Kurlan Naskos, Wolfwit, Rick Mason, John T. Bolds, Gildara, Jeff Richardson, Never Otter Even, Anna Post, 
T. Alexander, Ivan Fetch, and Michelle, thank you so much for being our patrons. Yeah, truly. Okay, Rihanna. Yeah. Please go into can it. Can I say yes. it? Okay. Please, please, so, please. Whoa. So speaking of catch-up series and special episodes, we have something very, very excited, exciting planned. This is basically like a Dura Sisters street party. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, this episode coming up is going to have something for everyone. Unless you don't like Picard, <laughs> then... <laughs> You should not listen to this episode. In honor of Picard Season 3 coming to an end and the show coming to an end, Rihanna and I are going to do a very special episode that's going to celebrate a lot of things because Rihanna and I are very studious and focused and determined on getting these episodes (laughs) out to you. And we completely forget to celebrate all of the amazing accomplishments that we've had. So Mm -hmm. coming out, this episode you're listening to right now is the 113th episode (laughs) of the Dura Sisters podcast. We blew through episode 100 without Uh proper circumstance or any recognition. I don't even know what episode it was. No, I literally don't know. (laughs) I, I think it was probably one before holodeck or something. Yeah. Like, it's probably an animated episode, to be honest, <laughs> <Probably>. Rihanna. <laughs> that would be on brand for us, Absolutely for sure. on brand, yeah, talking about the animated series. <laughs> wow, but too I, good. I just can't believe that we have made 100, well, 112.5 episodes. <laughs> I'm very yeah. proud of us, and honestly, starting this podcast has been the joy of my life. It's the my yes. favorite thing that I do. And Same getting to be even closer with Rihanna talking about Star Trek has been amazing. Meeting everyone we have through the Star Trek community has been amazing. I'm going to I'm going to shut up and oh, I'm going to save it for the no, episode. You're fine. But so on our Picard farewell episode, we will be celebrating our 113th episode and we also want to hear from you so we are calling out to hear your voices we would love if you could send us a 30 second or less clip of your thoughts about picard it can be about anything really that you want stuff you disliked i mean sure let's like throw throw it all yeah, out there hear it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but especially if you liked it it would be great to hear some like very yeah. like helpful voicemails so yeah please send us your thoughts it would be great if they were positive reviews of picard but also you know like we're all here to talk about every type of angle Rihanna and i are certainly well, I'm just going to save our thoughts yeah, for later. Yeah, save that. <laughs> so please, if you have some thoughts about the Picard, about the ending of Picard, please send a voice memo or some type of MP3, M4A audio file to the Dura Sisters podcast at gmail.com. We would really appreciate it. We would love to hear your voice on our podcast. And... We, it's still in the works. We're not sure if it's going to happen, but we're trying to set up a couple of interviews for this review as well. So hang in there with us. This episode will be coming out, I'm guessing, after the final season of Picard. So it's going to be in... Yeah, from, once once we've all like, like two are done reeling, maybe. probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So get excited about that. In the meantime, we will be continuing our family series. We're going to hear from Gabby. So yeah, we have yeah, a lot of absolutely. exciting stuff going on. Rihanna's going to be on a Trek for Charity event coming up in a week, and I'm going to be so on Trek Spurts at the end of April. So just stay tuned, and we will have more information on that in coming. Okay, Rihanna. Woof. Okay, I think that was a pretty long intro, but it wasn't yeah. as long as our holodeck intro. It was not 40 oh my minutes. God. Yeah, <laughs> so. that, was a, that was a record, I think. <laughs> Such a surprising record. So everyone knows what time it is. 
it's time for the action figure grand selection. <laughs> <laughs> grand. Um, I just found this new action figure store near me. It's um, it's called Quake Collectibles. It was incredible. I found a lot of stuff that I haven't ever been able to find elsewhere. So if you're in Chicago and Ravenswood, check it out for sure. Okay. I did not rig my bag. Did you rig your bag, Rihanna? I did not. Okay, <laughs> so let's go. No rigging. No here. rigging occurred. Nice. Okay, Rihanna seems very positive. Who do you have? <laughs> I have Gaiman in her purple outfit. Wow. Okay, what? She looks great. Doesn't she look amazing? I got her on eBay. <laughs> wow. She looks wonderful. I only have red yeah. Gaiman, so I'm jealous of your purple Gaiman. Yeah, I wanted to be different than you. Wow. <laughs> but also the same. <laughs> Ashlyn, who do you have? You sound disappointed. I have Odo. <laughs> oh! So not, I forgot you had him. Not disappointed, just surprised. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I just don't see him a lot. And I did have all of the TNG action figures out yesterday to watch the new episode of Picard. Yeah. So I was pretty surprised I didn't pull a TNG figure. Even though I claimed the bag That's was not fair. rigged. It was not yeah. rigged in favor of like TOS or yeah, anyone around true. Strange New Worlds. So. Sure. Yeah, I, I do realize that uh, like everyone from this season of Picard is out on my little stand right now so uh, those guys had no chance but Guinan was actually still in Picard and we were just talking about our Picard special coming up so anyway very exciting Ashlyn now that we have our friends shall we talk about family in Strange New Worlds and sort of the uh, process of choosing these lists I want to dive into a little bit yeah okay yeah so Ashlyn this week's episode is going to be shorter probably than usual because we have only one season of Strange New Worlds to discuss. But we have such a little Strange New Worlds in our repertoire. This is really exciting to kind of dig through different themes of Strange New Worlds. And so today, choosing the watch list and everything, mostly I was like, whose tragic backgrounds do we know anything about? Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> Ahura's, Manga's, and a little bit about Una. And Discovery was really heavy on Spock's family, so there's, like, none of that. There's nothing for Ortegas or Chapel or really anyone else. It's going to be pretty short this week. So, Ashlyn, would you like to read the watch list for this week, what we prepared for family? Yes, I would love to. We watched Children of the Comet, Ghosts of Illyria, Lift Us Where Our Suffering Cannot Reach, and The Elysian Kingdom. Nice. Okay, so Ashlyn, we are just going to go in order because these stories are really nicely interwoven for us already, and we're going to start with Uhura, and sorry? <laughs> no, no, we're sure. I mean, we are going to start with Uhura, but Rihanna, I have a question for you. Um, can I ask you a I'm completely interrupting the flow. Rihanna's ready no, no. to like get philosophical. No, no, oh. it's okay. Yeah. But I have to remind everyone that back when we did the family series, we asked each other... So I'm going to ask you, Rihanna, what is your random Star Trek thought of the week? This is completely <laughs> unhinged. I love that we just had yes. this random thought at the beginning of the pod. And it's not yeah. even about family. So this is amazing. No. Go, Rihanna, go. <laughs> My random Star Trek thought of the week is that I am starting to have this journey where I'm liking characters that like start problematic and get better throughout the show, like the Doctor from Voyager, like Quark. And I don't know, I just find it like both exciting that I'm like growing as a person and learning to like different parts of, of people like Tom Paris as well. And 
I also find it a little disturbing because I used to have like such a like just kind of dislike for the doctor on Voyager and now I'm like you know what like when he shined he really shined and so that's my random Star Trek thought of the week and I don't know how to feel about it. Rihanna I cannot tell you how much I relate with this. I have been randomly watching TNG for no reason um, yes. besides I'm just in love with it. Great. And yeah. I really like Troy now. And this actually, yeah. I remember it happened during our family series, like watching all of her episodes with Luoxana and understanding like her history. And also when we talked about her and feminism, I also like, I really started to come around to her because I just dismissed her so much growing up. So I totally feel you. I really love Troy and uh, it's disturbing to me because I never thought I would like Troy. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, I totally feel that. And, but sometimes I'm like, I'm just liking this. I don't know. It's just interesting. Like, because sometimes, like, Quark is so bigoted, but I really ended up loving him. And I know a lot of people love Quark. It's not, like, that odd or rare, but he I love really Quark. grows on you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Ashlyn, what is your random Star Trek thought of the week? Well, as it tends to happen, your Star Trek thought kind of spawned off my Star Trek thought. Sure. Um, yeah. This is also... It's a lot of different thoughts, but essentially, Rihanna already knows this. I've told her this a lot, but I thought I would announce it to the pod that since, so I got sick a couple weeks ago and I am pretty sure it was COVID, but I never tested positive, but essentially I had no voice. I was sitting around for hours on end like with nothing to do. So of course I watched Star Trek and I'm just like hanging out on Paramount trying to figure out what to watch. And I start quizzing myself, like I'm so bored, you know, and also so nerdy that I go into the TNG episode list and I go season by season. I think to myself, what episode like do I know, like just how can I guess the plot of the episode just by looking at the title and the picture and like not trying to read the summary? And I, through doing that, I did that for every single season. I recorded my score and season seven, I got 18 out of 26 episodes that I knew I could name all of them. The weakest season was season two, where I only got 12 episodes out of 26. So not even half of them I remembered. And so this has led me to re-watching the episodes I have no memory of in TNG. And eventually I would love to do this, especially with old Trek. I think with TOS none of that i i don't think i think i remember every single episode of tos but i'm gonna i'm gonna challenge myself and this is gonna be a slow ongoing process but i'm almost done with watching all the episodes in season four that's one of my favorite seasons i think i only have three that i don't remember right now i'm like halfway through the one where tasha's sister comes on the ship and it's right (laughs) yeah yeah wild times yeah very interesting like hmm, why don't i remember and speaking of that that is another episode that we missed in the family series because once tasha died we literally forgot she existed and completely excluded that episode so we're so sorry and someday we'll do a ones we missed (laughs) yeah like sorry folks (laughs) even if we just list them off not even talk about them but yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm just basically trying to fill up my brain with even more Star Trek, which doesn't seem like a good idea at this point, but it's been really fun. And I challenge you all to do the same. Ashlyn, this is just awesome. This is incredible what you're doing. And I love that nerdy and bored is like the best combination. You know, you're like, let me quiz myself and get better at Star Trek. <laughs> like, that's so epic. I just yeah. absolutely love this energy. Um, and yeah exactly so good well also yeah and i'm also discovering a pattern like the ones i don't remember are 
ones that I dismissed and I thought I didn't like, which is really interesting because now, like you're talking about, Rihanna, I'm I'm like obsessed with these episodes. I can't shut up about them. I keep calling Rihanna. I'm like, oh my God, I saw this one where like yeah. Picard is a clean. dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Anyway, so I think we should so actually talk about family now. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about family being sisters, being in, you know, a family podcast. This is so fun to get to go back to the family series. And let's begin with our amazing cadet Uhura, who sort of starts off the family discussion. Um, in the episode children in the episode children of the comet and this is the second episode of strange new worlds and they are just diving right in and giving uhura like an insanely rich background to someone who barely got any sort of background lines in tos so this is like an amazing family sort of redemption episode for uhura because in tos we were like we don't know like we only have really a family for the men and for Kirk and Spock <laughs> like that's oh, and it. like Chapel's fiance yeah exactly so yeah it's just insane so I'm really glad that they canonized you know her actually having like a, a, a background yeah. <laughs> and a history as she should because like like with uh Strange New Worlds giving Una a name Una number one with Discovery, whichever one we want to say, this new Trek era. So it's just really nice to see. And I think, Ashlyn, let's start out with the scene where we have a little dinner with the crew, which is, these scenes are very treasured to me. I love seeing them all just hanging out together. Uh, I love these scenes. I just, I mean... I'm such a Pike stan. I'm so sorry. I'm going to be intolerable on this episode. It's fine. I love Pike so much. And I love that he invites people to his quarters. It's not just like a senior staff meeting like it would be in any other series. He does not care about rank. Through this party, we get to know Ahura and also her relationship with the rest of the staff. And Pike singles her out. And I thought this was a great point because I was thinking too, this whole first two episodes you know we're talking about Ahura being cadet Ahura and I'm a little like nerdy snob and I'm like um hello like how could she be a cadet if she hasn't like graduated the academy you know like what's going on this seems really weird and like purposeful like for Ahura to make her even more underqualified for whatever strange reason but Pike's literally Pike literally brings this up in the episode and um and then she gets to talk about how she actually is from Kenya a few miles from Lake Symbii Nyama, where Pike is visited randomly. Love that. And she goes on to kind of explain her background. So Kenya has 22 native languages and she can speak 38 languages total. She'll go on to say that the best way to be understood is to speak through a native tongue. And so she just learned all these languages. It came really naturally to her. Both of epic. her... Yeah, so epic. I'm like weeping. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking... If she ever meets Saru, like, it, oh, it would stop. be the coolest meeting ever. Coolest and it's thing. also yeah. tragic because they're literally, like, born in the same time period. So close. So yeah, maybe they interacted at the Academy. I don't know. Maybe an old Hoshi is still alive and they could chat about <laughs> the linguistics. I'm dead. <laughs> yes. But both of her parents taught at the University of Nairobi, but both were killed in a shuttle accident with her older brother. So she's left alone and she moves in with her grandmother and she kind of runs away to starfleet so this is like ahura's entire origin story we're getting in this scene it's such a rich amazing scene 
I also just want to comment. I feel like when she says moved in with my grandma, this is weirdly an ode to Nichelle Nichols. Mm. I can't, of course, confirm that, but I just feel like if we're talking about like a powerful woman that they're trying to make ode to, it's absolutely Nichelle Nichols and including her character on Strange New Worlds is hashtag a love letter to this character. And (laughs) like you're saying, Rihanna, giving her this take two at being a character on Star Trek. So I don't know if it if it is, but it made me think about Michelle Nichols and just like how much I love her and miss her. Oh, same. Yeah. And think about like how well Celia Gooding is at like encapsulating what Michelle brought, what Michelle brought as a Hura, but also enriching it further and getting to also do the singing that Michelle did as, you know, a Hura in some of the episodes. And so it's really fun to see her personality come out a little bit, even as she's before she talks about her family and stuff, but even after and in this episode, you know, she's like coming into herself through getting to open up about her family. And I absolutely love that she gives these little, like there's just these little tidbits that come from family that we don't even realize where like, oh, this is a song that I learned from my family that she's humming. Or as she says at the beginning, before they go to dinner, my father liked to say I was quote unburdened by conversational boundaries. <laughs> so yeah, it's just yeah. brilliant. Like you remember that stuff that your family says, and I'm sure that now she like treasures their memories more. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that that particular fact about her is what makes her get along so well with Spock too, because yeah. he says I think later in the episode Vulcans are known for their honesty. Because yeah. she asked, like, oh, was I too honest just now? Because her is very forthright about mm-hmm. her emotions and how she's feeling, if she's feeling stressed. She doesn't try to hide it. And I think Spock really respects that. So not about family, but right. I just just saying, yeah, I love true. their connection. And I love Ethan Peck as Spock. And moi, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it absolutely has st- everything to do with family, you know, because, like, as we're seeing Pike say, so you ran away to Starfleet. And then Spock saying later, like, hey, just make sure you want to be here for the right reasons. Because a lot of people, like, really want to be here. Um, But they both had family that, like, they ran away from or were pushed away, you know, in a certain, of course, very different circumstances. And Spock is still, like, on, there's no speaking terms between him and Zarek for quite a long time after Strange New Worlds is gonna end so it's just making me think too that they are more similar than maybe spock even sees in the beginning because he's still just like oh yeah i always wished to be in starfleet and i'm like that's not quite true but sure i'll take it like i'll take that answer so it's just really interesting to see their parallels and to see how a lot of characters that we've met in star trek have had sort of a tragic family past that lead them to Starfleet. And, you know, I mean, every character in Star Trek has had some sort of awful thing happen, which is just a trope, I it's guess, really at this rough. point. I was, yeah. I was going to say, Rihanna, I think that Spock is being defensive when he's talking to Uhura about this because it's totally not true that Starfleet has always been his goal. His goal totally. is to be accepted and loved by his father. And... <laughs> It's the opposite yeah. of his father's goal is for him to go to Starfleet. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, but I think hearing someone say they don't want to be in Starfleet or aren't sure about their path, I think is pretty 
not cool of everyone to react the way that they did, which I agree. Like even Spock kind of I like at first Pike says, How many applicants did you beat out? Like a thousand. And Spock says tens of thousands. And so he says several thousand. Oh he yeah, tens yeah. of thousands. Yeah. <laughs> I mean um, still a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He says several thousand. And I think that is because it hit a nerve for him because he's like wow really and so i think he's defensive of starfleet in that way but yeah, i because tol- of his family yeah because of his family and i i just totally agree that maybe spock doesn't have the wherewithal to like look back and think oh i it, i was totally running away from my family maybe he knows that and he doesn't want to face that mm, boom but yeah. uh, i really think that a lot of characters run away to starfleet i mean it that's the nature of the military for a lot of mm-hmm. people is I have not found my path in anywhere else in life, but I joined the military and suddenly I'm where I belong. Like I've, Mm -hmm. I found the thing that's right for me. And I mean, you know, Starfleet is kind of a military and I, I think that it's exclusively nerds and people who are like passionate to go a hundred percent in, in every way they can a lot of people find home there so i just that whole conceit like the everyone's reactions to ahura's admission i thought was pretty annoying i was i was frustrated by it but also i can't blame them and spock especially yeah i just yeah i thought it was an interesting perspective i'm so glad you brought up his whole relationship rihanna yeah thank you ashlyn that's so well said and i agree with everything like i think that spock is absolutely acting this way out of a defensive even subconsciously or or not and i think that all of them have really rich backgrounds holy fuck we forgot about la'an and her brother it'll be a quick talk because he dies soon (laughs) okay well we'll put that next what episode is that (laughs) yes it's the first scorn episode so holy fuck we (laughs) forgot about his brother okay okay so well, because Laon and number one go together. They're rich. Because we're talking yeah. about, yeah. Anyway, go okay. ahead. Yeah, true. Okay. Okay, so all of them have such rich backgrounds. And rich, I mean trauma. A little trauma in there for everyone. And Pike is going through it in his own way, looking at his future. We don't know much about his family, but we're going to talk later also about Laon, who we forgot to talk about. <laughs> I cannot believe I just realized, like... <laughs> mere moments ago that La'an has a whole brother (laughs) that we need to discuss so we're going to talk about him soon um (laughs) but this is exactly what I'm saying is like everyone has their like own family issues or their that they bring to the table (laughs) no pun intended the dinner table uh without realizing it you know and I think especially if you're a Starfleet girly or guy or non-binary pal you know you're like oh man, I need to figure out what I'm doing with my life. And especially if you're a cadet, give Uhura some credit, I'm saying, you know, because of course then she has to kind of go and through the whole episode proving herself and it's just irritating kind of that it's like, okay, can you measure up cadet? Can you do this highly stressful thing really quickly in a language you've never spoken? Um, Of course she does it because she's amazing. And even if she didn't do it, she'd still be amazing. But anyway, I just think it's interesting, agreed with you Ashlyn like totally that they their reaction not that they're all like oh my god you know but it, it's sort of the looks that they give and, and the way that Pike and Spock are talking to her is just like all right 
let's let's all calm down a little yeah rihanna thank you that was lovely and i'm just so glad all of these characters get a second shot at having a family i do wish we knew more about pike the other characters we never really hear about are um hammer um cry (laughs) 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 Cry, it's fine ortegas um yeah and we do hear a little bit about Una, though. Um, should yes. we move on and talk about the Ghost of Illyria? Let's do it. Yeah, so just a literally a little bit about um, mm-hmm. number one. She is an Illyrian. I'm so sorry Starfleet has to find out this way. I'm sorry to tell them. Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> they might go after me and I'll be held responsible for mm-hmm. having for her be number one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Harboring the greatest number one in the fleet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so she's an Illyrian and this is illegal. And at the end of Ghost of Illyria, she has worked hard, saved everybody on the ship, while Spock and Pike were literally trapped in this old Illyrian colony, like with storms and everything going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like really, really great episode. Um, but at the very end, Una mentions very briefly when she's talking to Pike, she's confessing, I am an Illyrian and I resign. She says that she's not from the colony that they're at right now investigating, but from a long, far away colony. And then later when she's talking to on because on found out that she's an Illyrian and was really pissed because Illyrian, yeah, not Guinan. That's an Illyrian. Okay, okay. In my defense, that's that's really really similar. Yeah, that's extremely. I was just saying like Elysium, Illyrian, Illyrian, Illyrian. Yeah. Okay. Strange new worlds. F off. I love you. But Thank what? you for calling <laughs> yeah. me out on it, though. I want to say I'm not talking about gynan yeah. species. <laughs> sure. you're, you're good. Talking about number ones. Um, yeah. it, she explains that, or yeah, when she's talking to Laan, um, Laan did not know because, of course, Una was hiding this from everyone, so she could remain in Starfleet. But in her kind of defense to Laan, she says that Alarians never manipulated their dna for dominance like the way that khan did and everyone in world war three but mm-hmm. just to be one with nature and to like help themselves evolve naturally so yeah 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 it kind of reminded me of like if if books um yes like if Quajon was genetically enhanced that's probably how they would have turned out like really connected to the earth and all that stuff so I think that's a really great explanation, and I, I think that we're absolutely going to get more families, and we're going to have to come back for part three later on with yes. Una, which will be magnificent. I mean, well, part two for Una, but part three for family. <laughs> the family series will <laughs> never truly die, as long as no. there's new Trek. <laughs> there will be family. Um, and I want to... Yeah, that's... Yeah. I want to take... I'm sorry, Rianne. I want to take a very brief interlude. You, we've been talking, kind of dancing around the edges of this, but... Rianne and I have over the past couple months been thinking about this because I saw someone on Twitter post there was no one in Starfleet who didn't have at least one parent dead or that they were estranged from and so Rianne and I literally this comes up constantly in our conversations because we'll be like oh my god I thought of someone you know or and then I'll be like oh no but their parent died tragically in the fire (laughs) Um, which is a real example yeah exactly and I think Harry Kim is one of the very few characters from voyager Mm -hmm. from all of star trek who has both his parents alive and well and Mm -hmm. he talks to them so i just want to do a quick shout out in honor of our family series this has been a really funny coincidence to the point where we've even discussed a series of having like (laughs) characters who died in historical 
locations and times. Because that's that's happened a lot too. That has happened so, a ton. It's not just like their parents die. It's like they happened. They died in Wolf Three Five Nine. You know. Yeah. <laughs> no. So think about that the next time you're watching Star Trek or listing off characters. Think about how many parents died at historical events. No. You'll be shocked. It will shock you. I think Rihanna and I talked for like an hour and we came up with like more than 10 people. It's yeah. really insane. Maybe not that many, but it was a lot. It was yeah. a lot. I don't know if we'll have a series about it. Our only, our biggest holdback Niche is that series. we can't like find a good title for that series. You know, like yeah. this, welcome, hell, welcome to the parents who died in a historical event series. Like it's just. to say it all chipper. Like. It's too long. It's, yeah, yeah. That's too much. And we, we talked about saying the orphan series, but that's just not oh, right either. Yeah, no, that's not it. Not and there's it. too much overlapping with family. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. OK, Rihanna. Well, let's go on to La'an and let's talk about the very traumatic life that she's had. Um, oh, man. So yes. in the episode. Memento Mori. Memento Mori. Thank you, Rihanna. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is why there's two brains on the podcast. Two of us. Yep, um, totally. We learn that, and we've known that Lon was one of the was the only survivor on a Gorn hatching planet, and her mm-hmm. family, or was it just her and her brother, were taken captive. I think her family it's a whole were thing. all yeah. okay. Rihanna, do you want to go and make us sad for a minute while I just well, tune out? No, <laughs> no you're just... really close to the truth. It's. I think it's her whole family who's down on the planet and her parents are already dead and her and her brother were like the last remaining in the family and then her brother dies. Spoiler. (laughs) Obviously. So this is and La'an escapes and we are still unpacking why and how and of course she there's some barriers. The Gorn always leave one alive um, as a messenger. Okay. Like the Gorns suck, so stay away, or like we'll eat your family. I don't know what the message <laughs> to- is supposed to totally be. Totally block that out, but that's correct. Yeah, yeah because totally. this Thank is a really you. traumatizing episode. It's hard yeah. to watch. It's scary. It has Spock like melding with her to find out more information, and she gets like triggered. It's it's yeah. well done, but it's a it's definitely a tense episode. Her brother was her lifeline completely. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to offer to you, Rihanna, that after her brother died, this person who helped her survive this whole time in this, like, extremely traumatic and awful experience where everyone around you is being, like, had having eggs shoved into them and then being mm-hmm. birthed out, um, Una became her brother replacement after she lost her brother. And so that's why when she finds out that Una is an Alorian, she feels extra betrayed. Because for me, like, I think about... Alorian. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my Sorry. god. Bring the beauty of the statement. <laughs> you were doing so well. Oh my, oh my god. I think part of it is because Gaiden is your action figure for the pod. I, know, so... I keep looking at her. I'm like, Alorian. I think her voice is coming yeah. into my head like Alorian. She's like, yes, that She's would be like, said. Alorians yeah. <laughs> are our cousins. Yeah. Um, that'd be cool. Wow. That would be awesome. But yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think that's why Laon felt extra betrayed when um, it was discovered that Una is an Illyrian. I mean, I th- I think about 
if my best friend whose name is Carson she's also doing um her residency at Cornell for vet school I'm just throwing this out there but I think about if Carson came to me and said yo I'm a species that's banned from like existing I'd be like okay whatevs you know I would be mad that she hid it from me for so long because I understand she had to probably some politics or something you know yeah um but La'an is like so betrayed at the end of Ghosts of Illyria and I I think their friendship it does get better over the rest of this of this season but La'an really has her on a pedestal wow Ashlyn I literally have never thought of this angle but you're absolutely correct like she was desperate for someone to cling on to no pun intended wow (laughs) there it is again (laughs) and exactly war for peers um and i feel like for la'an it's sort of a like double stab in the back because it's both that she's illyrian and that she's like this sort of sister figure this sort of like sibling figure to her um because her ancestor is Khan Noonien Singh we have to remember this La'an Noonien Singh I mean, this is, is also part of the family series yeah yeah exactly Literally like Khan. it all ties in so when I say that like these characters in Strange New Worlds are bringing a lot of family baggage to the table like now you're seeing the picture here you know the big picture of especially of La'an and what it, she has been taught her whole life after post-Gorn, pre-Gorn, you know, and how that completely changed her. And Memento Mori is a fantastic episode to investigate that. And I think that um, I didn't understand where that hurt was coming from as much, Ashlyn. So thank you for tying that together. I was just like, well, yeah, she's con and like she's a, she knows that she gets like hated on for that, but it goes deeper. And it's because of this the fact that her brother sacrificed himself for her and this is exactly how like spock and her are able to bond because of their like sibling pain and it just hurts me i always cry at such sweet sorrow and memento mori like those two are my like just weeping because i know what it's like to be a sibling and i know that feeling of like holy shit like i holy like oh my god i have to live I have to try to live without you kind of thing. I can't imagine having to do that. Like, holy, anyway, I'm not going to get emotional. No, literally, I think we've had this conversation, like, when we were little kids. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm always like, okay. And Rhiannon and I both agree, like, she has to die first. (laughs) Because, like. (laughs) I won't make it I'll I'll deal with the burden. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Ashley. It's an older sibling's journey. You just have to be ready. Um, But yeah, Yeah. I'm so glad you brought up that scene because when Spock does the mind meld, literally, La'an is like, who's Michael? And Spock is like, ah, like, bro, this is too much. So, and also, I just want to say, this is the beauty of the family series. Like, I did not expect to record this podcast and like have this depth. (laughs) I mean, obviously, we always get there, but I just never expect it to happen. So, same. Goddamn, or gosh i just love we the family just, we've been cursing all day let's just break god it. fucking damn damn it, it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. i yeah i just i love the family series and i love that it takes it to such a deep uh like human level every time it reminds me of how deep we got in feminism too it's just it's glorious to go back to these series 
very happy and totally agree so shall we um start talking about another like depressing family story rihanna (laughs) yeah let's keep keep checking along okay so another one here this is the last one we're gonna talk about so we're nearing the end of the episode and it's topsy-turvy so let's just go into it this of course is mimbanga and his daughter who we find out in ghosts of illyria is hiding in the pattern buffer so mimbanga became cmo of the enterprise he like beamed her aboard and then hid her in the medical transporter and we find out that he did not allow the transporter to be updated and those crucial updates included things that would block out things like the Illyrian plague that swept through the Enterprise. Also, just as a side note, it's so lovely to say the Enterprise instead of another yes, ship. Yes, agree. It's a yeah. rare privilege like these days. Home. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, it's literally, like, that's my default ship. I'm like, if it's not the Enterprise, yes, I have to think for a second. Yeah. Um, literally swept through the Enterprise, and Mbenga was almost the cause of everyone's death uh, yeah. in the episode Ghost of Illyria if it wasn't for Una. very convenient so glad that worked out but una has a conversation with him when she realizes this because she had ordered previously hammer um chief engineer obviously to do a level five sensor sweep or sensor sweep i'm just yeah i'm ready for the engineering series okay (laughs) self-sealing samples (laughs) (laughs) don't even get me started with the self-sealing no they're my favorite part of the ship Um, I'm getting myself off. Um, yeah. But no, a level five diagnostic on mm-hmm. the ship, even though it takes all night. And his discovery was that the medical transporter was what let them down. So let's just, I just want to talk about the ethics of this because I am shocked that Mimbanga does this. And also, first of all, because that's just such a breach of trust, like with the captain because i feel like pike would have been completely fine with this you know what i mean like if the doctor has this side project that's really important to him as long as it doesn't come in the way of the ship's safety and i feel like mimbanga is operating from like the most desperate point of view uh where he doesn't trust anyone and he thinks it's going to be rejected so he doesn't even ask you know he just like illegally brings his kid aboard keeps her in the pattern buffer yeah so this is sort of my thing is like everyone has like a saving kid complex on this on this show and so i feel like they would have totally understood and absolutely helped him because we see in hammer's reaction i'm just going to jump right into elysian kingdom um Everything's going crazy. No one knows who they are except Hemmer and Minbenga. And Hemmer finally finds out, oh, this was the thing that caused the Illyrian syndrome outbreak and what caused, <laughs> like, the transporter buffer. What's in the transporter buffer? It's his daughter. And he just said, okay, how can I help? Like, that's it, you know? And they just got to work. And that's yes. just incredible, you know? And this is the thing that, like, absolutely would have happened if he didn't have such tunnel vision surrounding this surrounding his kid but this is what a literal trope i've been seeing throughout this season including lift us where suffering cannot reach where the kid does hang out the uh, first servant does hang out with rukia for a bit and they like play and we're starting to realize that rukia is having quite the limited childhood like she's only really existing in parts of it another time she's in the buffer but she still experiences like loneliness in there. And so it 
it was really important to learn these aspects of her in that episode, but also to see like how devoted the biological father was to the first servant, you know, and w would do anything to see that he didn't have to die. And then also, you know, this is how Minbanga is. And then this is how Pike is going to be at the end of the season when it comes to trying to save those kids that he knows aren't going to make it in the accident 10 years from now that sets off the whole chain of events. And buddy, like, everyone has the saving kid complex. Yeah, Rihanna, this is a great point. Everyone loves to save a child in distress. I want to talk very briefly about Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach because it's a great family episode, unfortunately, because of this parallel that's going on between Elder Gamal and the first servant, his son, his biological son in the only sense, <laughs> I think he says. Yeah, um, burn. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, of course, with Mbenga and his daughter. I love the scene where they're playing together and the first servant is, like, he's created this fun for her because he's so smart. But one thing I noticed on this rewatch, and I've seen this episode, I think we've talked about it for a podcast before, and... Spooky. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, because it's so spooky. <laughs> yeah. Spooky. It, this is a tough episode for me to watch. I can't lie. Um, no matter how much fun Pike has, it's so horrifying at the end when the truth comes out about what the first servant is really used for. It makes this on re like a rewatch really sad. But one thing I noticed for family is that Elder Gamal, the First Servant's father, and specifically Hussein Majahavi, who is the actor who plays Elder Gamal, is incredible. Like, incredible acting. Because now that I know every step of his thoughts, like, just to briefly go through it, he his son has been chosen as the first servant and so what that means is that he will be sacrificed to the planet essentially and he will be the power source for everything and the perfect heaven that is their planet which i forgot the the title because i hate the species and the planet so much i just wiped out their names <laughs> from my brain the um Rihanna, like, unmuted to help me thank you yeah. the, oh the majalans of course yeah um yeah, the, the Majalan <laughs> community. And so like any father probably would do in his situation, he tries to put a brain like dampening device on his son to make him incompatible with becoming the first servant. So yes, his like brain capacity would be significantly limited, but he'd still be alive. And that's better than dead slash suffering for his entire existence so just if you go back and watch this episode and specifically watch elder gamar it is a heartbreaking journey because you see like he can be strict with the first servant be but it's all like this face he's putting up because i'm loyal to my community but also i am turning against my very beliefs to save the only thing in the world i love which is his son um Ooh, it's so true so i just want to do a shout out to elder gamar it was really moving watching his um performance watching his character i, I would do the same thing <laughs> in his yeah. position that's the thing is like then it helps us to all put ourselves in that position and same with Mimbinga and to see how even at the end the elder gives Mimbinga some advice you know and says like I will walk you through the theory behind the treatment, but unfortunately, because of the laws, like, they can't actually share 
medical like equipment and technologies. Um, so they're so much more advanced and it could likely cure Rukia. Um, and so that's what's so devastating for Mbenga's side is that he got so close, you know, and he got to see his daughter having fun for a bit with the first servant. And it just, it guts me to see both of these children, like, suffering, you know, and to see them having to go through this when there was, like, other solutions and ways that they almost got out, you know, and almost got either well or free from the society. And that's the, probably the most devastating part of the episode is that, like, we got so close. And I think that we're starting to really feel what Mimbanga's feelings. We're starting to get closer to these characters. And I think Mimbanga has always been a background character in TOS and a prominent person in fan fiction and that's about it you know like I think that it's so far and so this is incredible that again like with Ahura but even with someone who is even more background for sure like he is getting this whole rich backstory and it's starting to unfold obviously in the Elysian kingdom yes well Rihanna thank you for that beautiful analysis I really think that like while I said earlier this is a hard episode to watch but it's an important episode to watch because I think it really asks the question, especially like the way that you just laid out how both parents are suffering because of different things and Mbenga can't get a treatment that will cure his child because of the utopia that they live in comes at such a price. And this is maybe the first time that they're experiencing that price does not only come at the family of the first servant, but also at any cultures that it's trying to reach or connect with because... giving away their secret could be so devastating that they might not have this utopia anymore. So they're willing to sacrifice their own citizens and anyone around them who needs help. And so I just think it's such a, I mean, Pike's reaction is so terrible. I mean, especially because he like banged that lady. Um, But he has a really visceral reaction like we all do at this society and how like horrible it is to watch but uh yeah I, what does pike say in the pilot shades of old earth like yeah, shade, too. yeah exactly and this episode because i've been on my crazy tng rewatch yeah really reminded me actually of the episode half a life from the next generation mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is um the amazing dude who is in mash um is in that episode oh, yeah. david D- ogden spears yeah yeah i'm obsessed with him he's in this and it's a loxana episode and basically at the age of 60 in his culture you are you were asked to like commit suicide because they don't want to deal with people getting old and picard and the rest of the crew are just like this is a federation colony we just have to kind of deal with their culture even though it's you know not great but loaxana is freaking out about it and she's like this is not okay this is terrible like making you die and it really reminded me of pike too because I think Starfleet's official position in dealing with other colonies is like, whatever you need to do is fine as long as we are on good terms. But sometimes is the price of possible like act like friendship with the Federation worth like interacting with these species who are just like so vile? I don't know. And that's why I love Star Trek because it these types of really hard hitting episodes make me think about this. Exactly. I was so impressed. I love that you brought that, that episode because I did not remember that. And I think I was I'm also telling you, Rihanna, you, episodes you don't remember, they yeah, may surprise they you. Because <laughs> I was thinking of the one uh, where Data saves the child, you know, and that's actually like the ending where the child gets out, you know, and then 
shows the sacrifices they'll make for a random kid, mm-hmm. um, even Picard, you know. And so it makes me think they if love you love saving if, children, yeah. even if, even it makes no if sense. Picard can soften for a child, like Pike absolutely will, and would they would all band together to help Mimbenga. And that's the thing is like if, if those family dinners and if they're like this whole found family thing they've got going on here hasn't taught him anything yet. And I think because he's still, like you said, in that desperation mode and we're seeing in the beginning of Elysian Kingdom that it, he says it's gone from have, her having months to days, you know, and it's just starting to like press in on him and we can see it happening. And Una's the only one who knows, and so it's she's the only one he can reach out to, but he doesn't even reach out to her, you know? Yes, Rihanna, thank you. And I really feel this tension myself, watching from his perspective. And every time, like, even in that scene where the first servant's playing hopscotch with her, I'm getting sweaty because I'm like, oh my god, how much time does she have left? And then once we get to Elysian Kingdom it we really feel the pressure because his opening like cmo log is about how his daughter probably has like days hours left to live and so every hour that she's out of the transporter is precious and it opens with this beautiful scene about him reading to her she says dad you've read the same chapter twice you know and he's explaining like well i'm sorry it's just it's hard and like the transporter's on a timer because i need to save you and in the middle of her asking like oh like you you like beat me up without knowing well how much longer and then she gets like beamed up again it's it's a heartbreaking scene and before that when they were reading they were talking about how she wants to change the ending of the book that they were reading so which is the Elysian kingdom and the moral of the story is basically that king ridley has to choose to give up either the stone that protects him and that he loves or rescue um Thalia Talia probably yeah yeah. um or to rescue Talia and he finds out that the stone like has a soul and so this of course is a metaphor for what's going to happen throughout the uh, rest of the episode the Enterprise my blessed ship the Enterprise is caught in a nebula and suddenly Mimbenga is trapped in a fairy tale (laughs) that is the Elysian Kingdom uh the only other person who has this memory is um hammer and so they work together to get to the end of the story it's very close to a holodeck episode they kind of have to play out the story for the ending to happen i thought this first scene of the episode was really effective because it shows that time is ticking away and it shows that her quality of life is not good and you're starting to question mimbanga's perspective and her perspective and is all of this really worth it even though he's working so hard to save her wow that's so true and this is beautifully said, and right before all the crazy stuff starts going down, Una has this discussion with him about balancing duties as a father and a medical officer, and I think that that is such an important and complex thing that a lot of our Star Trek characters have dealt with, particularly parents. You know, we've seen this with Cisco and Rom and a million other parents. I'm just thinking about Deep Space Nine always. Like every parent, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, every parent, of course in regular life too again a metaphor for like that's what i you know love about star trek continuously telling us like speaking to us where we're at and he is sort of like he's trying so hard to find this cure that he is falling back on his duties and una is just there to sort of gently remind him like hey like yes of course we we care like i care about your daughter you care about your daughter but like you also are chief medical officer and have to uphold that and so i thought that was a really nice scene and then of course everything goes crazy after that and 
we start to have only, like we said earlier, only Hemmer and him remember anything about the real life and everyone else is just these, just book characters, essentially. Yes. And this is so much fun. We're not going to talk too much about the specific interactions, but just go watch this episode if you've seen it recently. It's such a blast and it's such a wonderful moment to celebrate the amazing actors we have on Strange New Worlds and seeing all their different yeah. parts that they play, especially Ethan Peck as Spock. Just, oh. Oh, just amazing. That takes me to new levels. Like, oh. I'm pretty sure I, I yeah. like, swooned a little when I saw him that first time. Also, Anson Mount, like, is spectacular. He's oh so God, annoying he's so and he's yeah. so hilarious. I'm he's... so betrayed because Ashlyn called this Oh my, okay, calm down. Where calm we record. Down. <laughs> uh, she gives me the fun nicknames. Today I'm Middle Part Pike, so I hate it here. Okay, I did that specifically because I know you hate him in this episode. <laughs> we were talking today about how literally everyone is so hot in this yeah. episode. And I was like, yeah, Pike, really, Ashlyn? Because <laughs> I said yes. I kind of thought she meant in general because I'm such a no. Pike woman. Yeah, um, Pike stan. But honestly, I like even in this episode, like I'm with him. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> here for it yeah it's i love this you're right it's such an ode to the amazing acting they got for the show and i think too i love that this story is something that is very closely connected to him and his daughter and i think it's so dumb that they didn't just go and ask her like hey do you have anything to do with this? <laughs> Where is she? They didn't even know she was gone. She's been like beamed out for like an hour Which, by the time they discovered they found her. This tells you how concerned Mbenga is because his entire yeah. life is thinking about his daughter. But in this situation yeah. when like the entire ship is taken over and his captain is acting crazy and yeah. everyone's acting absolutely out of their minds. Like if... I know for a fact that if La'an could see herself, she would hate it so yes. much. Characters, all of them would. I don't. Yeah. I don't think. Um, I don't think Ortegas would. I think Ortegas, Ortegas would be would like love. so chill. Yeah. Like this. And is Udo awesome. would be like nice. Yes. <laughs> Spock would be like, I'm vomiting all night. That's <laughs> the most illogical thing I've ever done. Hammer too. Hammer would be proud that he was himself. He's, he is. He is. Pr- yeah. He's chilling. He's so cute. Yeah. Thank you. That's a really good point. But yeah, no, you're, yeah. you're totally right. This whole plot is literally around the daughter. And so he's like, he's freaking out so much. He doesn't even think about her until I feel like it's like more than halfway through the episode. I think Hemmer realizes, wait a second, this is like the alien that in the nebula, the consciousness did not get the story from you. It got it from your daughter. And so finally, that's when they start looking for her. And yeah the scene at the end of this episode is devastating to watch and mm-hmm. i have to throw out another ode to beverly crusher because she is the first person to lose her child to space and mm. now in the most niche reference um yes. and, and now um we have Mbenga here joining the niche group that is parents who mm-hmm. lost their children to space poor Heart goes out to you yeah yeah she ends up joining this entity in the nebula she loses her physical body which is sick and just has a lifetime of like happiness and fun which is great um but this scene wrecks me personally yeah oh it does to me too and i think watching it for the first time i had a really like tough time with it because i felt like the writers were sort of just like trying to write her off really quickly 
and like they weren't really doing the Rukia Mbenga story justice because we'd only really spent like a half an episode with Rukia at best um in total <laughs> maybe not even because that'd be 30 minutes or less like it, it's an she, insane amount of time she makes you know? an impact though like I think she does you yeah. don't have to have her on screen for a long time to really like her she is a great actress True. she's so sweet I just love her instantly I totally agree and I think the fact too that that she is happy and he doesn't get that confirmation that makes me feel better because I remember being like yeah this nebula entity guy might be or person might be this nebula entity may be fun now but like what about a hundred millennia down the road like are they still gonna be nice to Rukia are they gonna have like equal rights like what, what's the whole deal I need to know like I need like a, a, a waiver or something signed um it's kind of like with the traveler you have to just sort of trust you know that they're gonna take care and but w- unlike with Wesley Mbenga got to kind of more closure, you know, and got to see her fulfilled and see her living her full life and getting to go on these adventures and frankly not having to do any of that like stressful human stuff, which is like she's lucked out on that. And so, but she also, of course, missed this lifetime with her father. And I think that's the hardest part for me is to see how cut short their time together was because she's like full like she's like a full adult <laughs> you know time has passed differently for her and this is why the scene is so hard to watch and such a fun and silly episode because it's Mimbanga having to grieve in a different way of losing your child to space and and yeah it's that's so hard to watch yeah and i think that so at the, at the end of the episode, Una comes because as Rihanna said before, Una's the only one on the ship that knows that this is happening. And Una is the only one that understands that he is the person who remembers those five hours. And okay, so also I'm just like laughing so hard because I can't stop thinking about TNG. And like Picard had a meeting about him like riding a horse on the holodeck. Like he had a staff <laughs> meeting about something it. so tri- so trivial. <laughs> and yet Mimbenga just had like a life altering experience. And he saw like the most insane, insane stuff he's ever seen in his life. (laughs) And he's just in his sick bay, like, oh my effing god, like what is going on? And Una's like, what? (laughs) Like you know, like they should call a meeting. Is my thought. Yeah, agreed. (laughs) I mean, I think you know credit where it's due. Like he's probably grieving still, and he's like just you know like completely floored by what happened. So I do like that he can share this moment with Una. But then also agreed, like, have a briefing afterwards. Like, hey, Mbenga remembers. He's going to tell you all how, like, I mean, silly you looked. Like, <laughs> I think how they handle this on a lot of TV shows is, like, <laughs> like write a report for me about that. You know, yes. like, at, by Monday. And yeah. so did Mbenga, like, pass out reports to all the senior staff? Like, <laughs> here's what you what did. Like. Yeah, here's what <laughs> you did. I mean, that is just not worth a a ready like a report you know like you need to tell them in person it's like worse than a dream you had you know um it's because it involves this it's real yeah exactly um (laughs) and what about those people who got shot by arrows i know this isn't family but like are they alive yeah is this a death fake out episode i don't know (laughs) (laughs) those red shirts did they or yeah this is just another red shirt to the pile (laughs) i I don't know (laughs) did una in that huntress form kill 
some of her own crew members and oh like a bit Benga just told her that and she's just chill about that like i i the ramifications of some of this stuff of course no, has like, no follow they come it's back episodic like, the ships yeah. return to normal everyone wakes up and you see two bodies next to you oh, like God. bro that's dark what do you tell their parents like <laughs> oh, that's a tough letter uh, sorry pike <laughs> gotta write that one after you read pike. Uh, the biggest little story book <laughs> this is the undisclosed dirty laundry of captain pike (laughs) (laughs) wow one one last thing i want to address rihanna is you said this about 10 years ago that um you felt like they were writing off the character of rukia and i only this time felt like i really understood how this writing all came together because I mean, A, you have to remember the whole sort like summary of Strange New Worlds is the current Star Trek writers, Alex Kurtzman, they all like looked at each other and they're like, let's just make Star Trek. And so Star Trek at its core is episodic. And so totally. I am fully respecting their commitment to that and how, yeah, okay, we're back to in the last five minutes, you have a very questionable yeah. therapy session that you yeah. hope will be addressed in a later episode, <laughs> but it never is. Never is. And yeah. we're, we're back to that era with Strange New Worlds and it has its flaws and it has its joys too because totally we get agree. a full like circle to this whole story that's been going on with Mimbanga and these characters even though yes it's episodic like we said we still are getting so much information about them in each episode that you love them and you you care for them and also practically this whole thing that he has with his daughter is not going to last it's not something that's sustainable and Mm -hmm. so for me watching this in order like we did for the family series i really felt like we were getting an honest perspective of what was going on like this was not going to be able to last and it's heartbreaking but they dealt with it and at least he got closure unlike crusher yeah ashlyn thank you and i'm totally with you like i think the first time i watched this episode i was more caught up in the shock factor than like the the caring lovingness of it and so then watching this again you know seeing the ending and getting the context of like their story is just so beautiful and it really made me just agree totally with the things you were saying like this story has a beautiful complete cycle and I absolutely love that she says I'm happy I'm safe you did the right thing you know because that is something that he would have questioned his whole life and I think honestly coming into this episode I'm so scared that it's gonna end like a McCoy McCoy's father route you know where he looks for a cure until she passes and then they find one later from that nebula or something so they could have gone way darker or they could have like truly done something really different with this but I think they wanted to treasure their bond you know and and to show like what a father will do for his daughter so I've like totally come around with this episode at least with just like understanding why they did it and like okay yes even they are writing her right writing her off because like yes that is factually what's happening but it's not in the sort of way that I thought it was just like oh anyway she needs to be gone by before the finale type thing it was more like this story has run its course and we need to understand that this is a ticking clock for Mimbenga and I think it was done so well 
as well as it could have gone, like you said, with it could have been a, a crusher situation. It could have been way worse, you know, and been a McCoy situation. So I was just so happy to see her like smiling and fulfilled and also just can we know little Rukia in her dress? That's like everything to me. Like she's the cutest thing. I was thinking that she must have been screaming to have that costume because we were yeah. lucky enough like to see all the ads when this episode came out and there were mm-hmm. actually some great TikToks about like everyone in yeah. their costume but Rukia so was not included sadly but mm-hmm. I was just thinking about how much the actress must have absolutely adored wearing that dress I mean she looked Truly. beautiful it it like the back of it too was like kind of an African like Gorgeous. woven thing at the top of her dress it was mm-hmm. amazing to see yeah it's just incredible the the costume design put into this episode by itself and yeah it just makes like everything feel more real it is truly storybook come to life vibes and way better than if wishes were horses could ever dream of doing thank god i feel like you cursed this episode a plague (laughs) on our houses by bringing if Rebel wishes were horses <laughs> one of the worst star trek episodes the beautiful strange new world series rihanna you <laughs> we have now a black spot on the back of your hand i'm so sorry it's because you listen to this podcast we did not mean to curse oh you God, with this I'm sorry um you I'm better sorry. take that back um it's fine yeah i so i was gonna say rihanna um just the last thing i want to add is that in you talking about everything that made you really come around to this episode i think the final thing that really convinced me about her ending is the acting by babs olsen mulkoon who plays mbanga because having an episodic episode like this is really tough to wrap up this really giant storyline in just a couple of minutes but the way that his acting impacted me so much it really made me feel like this character is actively working through what's going on right now and it's helping me to also work through what's happening and if he has this closure, like literally instant gratification, you know, like mm-hmm. the, he makes this choice and a couple seconds later, she's like, you did it. You are <laughs> you amazing well. father, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that never happens. That's completely no. unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, so that was really satisfying. And it kind of forces you to go through like all five stages of grief at the same time with yeah. Mimbenga. So huge shout out to babs like what what an amazing scene what an amazing way to do episodic trek like how could we do this without these amazing actors we couldn't no we couldn't they're just pulling their weight so much and the the writers as well and i honestly love to the directing at the end of this episode where he's telling the story to una and similarly how he would tell stories to rikia and but now it's his own story, you know, and he kind of gets to create his own life now, like Rukia asked. And then they shoot, they like sort of it blurs them out and shows the chair now empty, you know, where Rukia used to always sit. And I think to me, it wasn't sort of this sad feeling. It was this feeling of relief. Like she's no longer like trapped there. And this nebula even said, like, I sensed her loneliness from the, from the buffer, you know? And so Yes, we know that you barely experience time or anything in the buffer, but it's still there and it's still like the feelings you have linger. And I think that was so beautifully done that and crazy that they can they know how to manipulate our emotions so well to just be like, oh, okay, 
this makes me feel good. Like this is showing that Mbenga can now move forward instead of always being like so worried about his daughter that it's encompassing everything else. Thank you, Rihanna. I, I'm totally with you. Um, I'm just so impressed <laughs> with the writing yeah. of the show, with the high quality of the show, and also just everything we can glean from these characters. I was thinking the entire time about Mimbenga's partner and what's going mm-hmm. on with that. The only mention we get is in this final scene where he says, you look so much like your mother, and Deborah, she yeah, yeah yeah and she names the entity after her mother Deborah um so special so moving and I wish we got to know more because I assume she passed away you know yeah. I I want to know when that happened like same was it a historical event because that could really help yeah. us out you know was this during the it wouldn't be the kind of records it's way too early was yeah. this during the start of the Klingon war I'm ready to know <laughs> yeah, like, come on <laughs> But yeah, um, I I thought it was great just to get like kind of a full answer to that because it's it is always interesting like who raised you you know totally absolutely yeah, yeah well Minbanga did a great job and I feel like we did a great job with this family episode and it's so kind of nice to be back in like a really serious series for a bit because uh, we just got off of holodeck and that's can get serious you know when people are not like when people are being awful but like most of the time it's just goofy so i mean when there are hr problems we have to get serious we get serious yeah but <laughs> but otherwise it's it's nice to have this time to talk about all of these wonderful characters and i'm so excited to expand that once we get more and more of strange new worlds and hopefully we'll she'll go the full seven that's my dream i would Oh man, if we get to talk about Strange New Worlds for seven plus more years, I will, I will be fulfilled, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. my, my, currently, my goal in life is to survive until First Contact Day, which is yes. only in 40 years, fam. So yeah. I'll be a piping young 67. Yes. And yes. Rihanna will be 64, and she'll be like, on the guitar playing the Beatles song. On oh, the guitar. Yeah. And we'll meet up in Bozeman, Montana for first contact day to meet the Vulcans. But can't wait. Still, highlight of my life will have been to talk about Strange New Worlds for seven years. Yeah. In, exactly. in even, my even in that, early thirties. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it will be phenomenal. Hopefully. You know, as much as we get, we'll be happy. So um thank you all so much for coming on this journey with us to to catch up with all of these different series and it's actually so nice to kind of go back to what we used to do ask the questions we used to ask back then and just like remember some ways that we formatted and helps us change up the pod every now and then and it's really refreshing and I had such a blast talking with you today Ashlyn oh Rihanna I did too and I also have to think about because we do get comments from listeners who have said that they have binged this podcast and some Mm -hmm. people who have listened to it two or three times and that quakes me because when we're saying things like this they're like um that was last month bitches like <laughs> that's nothing like yeah. i just heard the family series last week why are you yeah. um being so nostalgic but for us it's been like <laughs> almost two years since we've had these yeah. types of conversations and 
everyone knows the pandemic has messed us all up and we are just different people so and i mean being in your 20s is rough so we're we're really rough we're different people just from that so it's really it's wonderful to come back to this and wonderful to come back to the roots of why we make this podcast and why we're just like the best hosts of all time rihanna no shame in just being brutally honest like ahura about that yeah yeah that's correct Thank you all so much for tuning in. And next week, we will be joined with our sister for the family series, which is going to be extremely epic to have a family member on for the family series. And we are going to be talking about all of the family moments in Star Trek Prodigy. So eek, (laughs) hang on to your butt grab handles because this is going to be really crazy. Um, But we're really excited and we hope that you all have an excellent week. Yes, thank you so much for listening. And Rihanna, I hope you can live long and prosper. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Dura Sisters podcast. Please tune in next week for the 12th episode of our family series, where Ashlyn and Rihanna will discuss the family episodes in Star Trek Prodigy. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes. Also take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and our Merch on Threadless for some great merchandise. All links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. By donating $1, $6, $12, or $23 per month, you can become a monthly patron, and you can have access to our exclusive merch and content. You can find all of us and more at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you would like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Dura Sisters podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series, pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, movies, feminism, death fakeouts, first officers, spooky series, and the holodeck series if you haven't heard a particular series yet please go back and listen to any of these spectacular episodes social media marketing and editing is done by rihanna hurd and ashlyn gelman our intro and outro is by jerry goldsmith jerry great to hear some like very yeah. like helpful voicemails probably not everyone will get to be played but we will select our favorite ones um that's weird to say. <laughs> <laughs> i honestly don't think we'll get that i think we could probably play them <laughs> i'm trying to make it sound if like you throughout. have to like fight your way to the top no okay no okay yeah so i should cut it da- down from let's do 15 yeah. seconds or no, thirty um, seconds. No, is fine. no, thirty's fine. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Almost matter of throughout. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our episode could be as long as we fucking want, dude. Yeah. Oh my Just god, remember. you're right.